Welcome to the Self-Kindness with Pete podcast, where we explore self-kindness. What is self-kindness? It's not just fluff, it's substance. It's not just a nicety, it's a life-altering practice. We explore how getting a foundation of self-kindness right inside allows you to live as your very best version of you in the world. I'm Pete Sibley, the Self-Kindness Coach, and I'm so glad you're here. Hello and welcome to another Self-Kindness with Pete. I am Pete Sibley and I am so excited today to jump right in with my interview with two of my now dear friends, uh, folks who have signed up and said yes to some self-kindness coaching with me for several months now, Um, Matt and Hilary Fritsch. Um, What I am so excited to get into is hearing from them firsthand what it has been to kind of journey and integrate a self-kindness practice in their life. Hillary and Matt are beautiful human beings. Um, They have three gorgeous kids, recently moved to uh, the Rocky Mountains from the California coast, and they'll maybe talk a little bit about that. Uh, They both are very smart human beings. Uh, Hillary ran a dental practice and uh, still is practicing dentistry. Matt is an anesthesiologist, and they bring a level of, you know, just incredible grace and humility into a self-growth practice that I believe is, can be really inspiring for the rest of us. In this interview, we talk about things like you know, how self-kindness isn't just self-maintenance, it's a transformative act in your life. And things like, what does it mean to be okay with not handling everything great or well? Or how do you show up when the kids aren't listening at bedtime or you're arguing with your spouse? So sit back, relax, and maybe even take some notes from a couple who are really walking the, you know, they're walking their talk. Here is my interview with Hillary and Matt Fritsch. Fritsch, like Stitch. (laughs) Hillary and Matt Fritsch, thank you so much for coming on Self-Kindness with Pete. We are doing this. Uh, How are you guys doing today? Pretty good. Um, Yeah, good. Excited to talk to you about this. Happy to be here with you. Totally. Well, before we got on, I apologize to you because my brain is kind of half here. So I'm going to jump right in and and ask you, you know, what is your kind of working definition of self-kindness? And I'd love for you to just share um, what excited you, what interested you, interested you about doing some self-kindness and creating a kindness practice in your lives. Well, um, I got kind of introduced to this by Hillary via you, Pete, because um, she had started about a month before with you. And um, I had asked her, you know, what is this self-kindness stuff? I mean, I didn't really, I don't know what, I didn't know what self-kindness meant. I had no clue it sounded science kind of like some woo woo psychology <laughs> stuff 
And I mean, I, we, we both have individually and together gone to, you know, traditional therapists before. And so I kind of knew what that was like, but really I, I think my idea of self-kindness is only now starting to be defined for myself. It took me a while. It took me several months of doing this work together with you, Pete, and finding it starting to show up outside of a one hour talk with you, finding it showing up in like the littlest ways at first and maybe not noticing at first, but then, and then, but then like, oh my gosh, like a light bulb goes off and we're like, wow, okay, that, that little moment there was what a self kindness is. It's not some like mystical woo thing. It's like a, I don't know. It's a moment of like clarity or as you and we've talked before, a moment of space of pause, Mm. um, either with yourself or with others where you can like, I feel like I can feel non-critical and non-judgmental and just see either me for who I am in that space or whoever it is, you know, I'm with in that, Mm -hmm. in that moment. I mean, that's kind of like the best, I think, working definition for me right now. And I'm sure it will evolve just as it has evolved over the last six months. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't know. That's, I guess that's the best answer. It's, it feels like, it feels like the, like what is self-kindness to you is like, Oh wow. I mean, that's a huge question. It's like, yeah. oh, wow. I, I must like have to deconstruct it first yeah. mm-hmm. and then build it back up. So like the best way I could say it is just, you know, it when you, you know, it when you have it, mm-hmm. you know, it when you feel it or, you, you know, you know, it when you feel it. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I love that, Matt. It, it, it feels really, you know, like a fluidness in there. And, you know, maybe that's even something to just recognize that's like a kindness is not being so needy, needing to actually have a full definition, but, you know, just able to hold and embody and kind of feel it for yourself. Hillary, what about for you? What's what's your Um, what's your working version or definition right now? Well, we had done like, I want to say eight, seven, eight years of talk therapy and had a really close relationship with this therapist who I feel like we spent a lot of time finding our voice with. Mm. He would be like, what do you want? And I was like, I don't know. <laughs> what, what do you enjoy? That's a good question. But there was like still a big piece missing um, after all of that. And he had said to me, he would like never give you a prescription or like a book to read or anything. Cause he's like, you're way too OCD. You'll like take that book and like make it your <laughs> rules. But one time he did give me a book about self-compassion and he was like, this is the only time I'm ever going to give you a book. And, um, that was a, that book was really cool. So I knew mostly because he told me that I needed this work on um, this self-kindness work. So when I saw your stuff pop up on Instagram, I was like, okay, I know I need to work on this. And so I got curious about it. And then you kind of nudged me because I think you were like, hey, I feel like you're interested. <laughs> and I, I was like, yeah, I guess I am. I'm just a little scared to jump in. Um, but I did anyway. 
I would say like what, what I've learned from our time together. And like Matt said that my understanding of self-kindness continues to evolve, but I would say it's like making space for me to um, take noticing how I feel and then um, allowing for that to be okay. You know, just trying to give myself that compassion that I would give to somebody else around that or that I would hope that somebody would give to me Mm. Um, and kind of like taking a second to be like, am I doing that? And then the other really big piece of it, I think, is also doing that for the people around me mm-hmm. where I like pause and kind of try and figure out where they are. Because I think that was one thing in our um, talk therapy that I never really got was like taking a moment, like if we're having an argument to be like, what is he where like, where is he at? And can I find some love in my heart for that? Mm. So it's not just self-kindness. It's also like kind, there's definitely a big piece of finding kindness for others. Mm-hmm. Like right now I want to be like, seriously, you didn't turn your phone off. But then I'm like, I get it. Like I, you know, that could happen. To I'm going to check my phone too. <laughs> <laughs> and we can always edit or maybe we'll just leave it in to show that, that you know, the fritches are actually real people. And, you know. <laughs> Um, you might hear some children and a dog too yeah you know so I love that Hillary that you bring that up I think that's a perfect place to to move to part of my soapbox that I think that of maybe trying to you know entice might not be the right word but also to help categorize or 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 quantify a self-kindness practice is that that seems to be an unexpected takeaway that everyone that I work with talks about is like this idea of how it feels like they show up in the world as the person that they want to show up as, you know, Mm -hmm. more readily, meaning like they do extend a little bit more compassion um, in the world. They do have a little bit more patience or grace for, you know, the, the faults of others. And so this idea that we're doing our inner work becomes beneficial to the world around us, I think kind of gets lost a little bit when we, when people first hear the idea of self-kindness, because they think like, oh, that's selfish. Like, I don't have time to do that. Like, I'm a parent. I got a busy job. Like, you know, I'm already going to the gym and I already do yoga. Like, how much more can I like do for me? And But what's really fascinating is that everybody that, like I said, that I work with is like, oh, doing this kindness actually makes me, I don't want to say better, but more available for Mm -hmm. everybody else in my life. Yeah. Yesterday, I listened to your podcast with Sarah and Aaron. Sorry Mm -hmm. to cut you off. Yeah. And Sarah was saying, I approach the world with like zero judgment. And I believe that about her because I know her, but I don't think that I mean, I'm ashamed to say it. I don't think that's true about me because I think I was judging myself and I continue to do that. Obviously, you know, I'm getting better, but, and then judging yourself makes you kind of like judge other people. Cause you're trying to say, well, where do I land in this right. stacking that I'm doing? And when you stop stacking yourself, then you kind of stop doing it to everyone else. And that has been really awesome. Cause that's something I've been wanting to change 
in my life like I want to just spread a lot more love around the world and like mm. and that is so hard to do if you can't do it for yourself first mm. I, I, you know, what you, were, what you were just saying, Pete, made me think of something that Hillary and I had talked about. And you have to tell, remind me, like, where you heard it, because and if I'm saying it exactly right. But, like, it was the difference between self-maintenance and transformative work. And I think that that's something that, like, that's that's what maybe people might not understand is that, like, this this is not an act of self-maintenance where, like, going to the gym, taking you know, a hot bath at night, getting a, a massage if your muscles are hurt, you know, that's like, that's like self-maintenance. And yes, people need to be ta- doing that. Um, um, we all need to be maintaining ourselves, but like the, the step beyond that is like things that you do that are, are, are transformative of your life. And, um, that people think, oh, well, I don't, I can't, I don't have time for that because I, I can't go to a, what is it? You know, you said, like, I can't go to a week away at a workshop on, mm-hmm. on, on, on self-growth, or I can't go to a meditative retreat, or I can't, I, I'm already doing, going to the gym every night, or I'm, you know, and, and it's like, you have to make space in your life for, for, for both. Mm-hmm. 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 I feel like, that's Rebecca Cafiero, oh, my she friend that, that helps okay, women yeah. entrepreneurs. She mm-hmm. was like saying, let's budget your ideal life. And she was okay. like, like getting your nails and your hair done is self-maintenance. So don't put that in the self-care category. <laughs> she said self-care is like talking to Pete, you know, or um, going to a meditation retreat or some kind of special thing that's not just maintenance, like keeping you healthy. She's not like not massages. We're talking about like what's really like going to take your um, self-care to the next level. That's a different thing. But I think it's so easy to do. Like you have to have a self-kindness practice to do that because otherwise you would be like, people are going to think I'm too selfish and I'm not spending enough time with my kids. And I, I'm like, you know, I should be with my children right now instead of that. And then, but maybe in a self-kindness practice, you would take up second to go. I have a right to take care of myself and my kids are going to be okay. And it slows you down enough to like think through mm-hmm. it's okay if somebody else has that judgment and I'm not going to judge myself about that. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, let's, let's take a look at that because I think one of the things that, that helped me so much was to have a practice that could work real time with my life. Like, yes, you know, maybe once a year or every other year, you do carve out the time for like the long weekend meditation retreat, or, you know, you finally do splurge on going on that week long retreat. And it's, it is huge and transformative, but you know, for me, it's like, what good is that week away? If I come back and by the end of the week of being home, I'm getting pissed off at my kids again. And like, I can't like my, every comment my wife says, like, I'm like, well, I know what she really means, uh-huh. you know? So, so what I love about, you know, in, in what I witnessed so often in both of you and why I wanted to talk to you about this today is watching how the self-kindness practice that, you know, we set aside the hour to kind of meet and look at these, these tools um, you know, of inquiry or just, you know, noticing and then, and we're using real deal examples in your life that could have happened just 
a couple hours ago or the day before an interaction. And that's what for me is true self-kindness and transformative, like you said, Matt, that, you know, it's, it's, it's like a, something that I can use right now in this moment with my kids brushing their teeth. Like I don't need to go away for a week to land in that. Like it can happen. Boom. Right there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like both of you have exhibited that, but it also takes some courage to do that. So I don't know if you want to talk about, or if that brings up something, um, in you, in your practice about how it, it is showing up real time as a, as a transformative practice versus just that maintenance. Yeah. I mean, I think that it kind of lends to, uh, one of the questions that you've asked me before is that, you know, like, well, what is something that has shown up for you in self-kindness that you did not expect? And, and I think that kind of is more, that's the more courageous part when you're doing something that, you know, that something is going to occur that you're not expecting. Cause that's the, that's the part that feels unsafe and a little bit outside your comfort zone. And so that's where the courage comes in. And I think that that thing for me is, and, and Hillary, Hillary and I talked about this a couple of months ago, cause we both were experiencing it. It's like self-kindness isn't like feel good stuff necessarily all the time. <laughs> you don't, you don't walk away. Stop, from, you're scaring people. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, yeah. But you, but what I mean is that what I mean is like you start exploring things and you think like you, you start getting into it and you're like, Oh, okay. Well maybe, maybe I was irrational or oh, maybe I was yeah. being inaccessible yeah. or maybe I was the one who was trying to control the situation or maybe I was being manipulative of this mm-hmm. person mm-hmm. rather than and then you sit there and you sit with it and you're like oh gosh am I kind of controlling at times am I manipulative at times am I and I think then you come on the other end and that's when like the the feel good the, the endorphins start coming in is when you're like it's okay it's okay if I am controlling sometimes. It's okay if I'm feeling like I need to manipulate a situation sometimes. It's okay if I was deemed irrational at that time. Because you know what? We all are. Like every yeah. single one of us in our lives at some point feels irrational, feels controlling, feels out of control, whatever it may be. And the kindness is like, hey, we're all we're all doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so have a little forgiveness for yourself, Matt, on this, because have a little space to just let yourself be, because that's what, that's what we all do. And then the other part of that is that like, when you do kind of look at it in a different way that at first feels uncomfortable, you get to see if you were interacting with somebody else, like if it was me and Hillary and, you know, I was thinking that something, and then it flips to me. I can look at her in a different light and see, oh, okay, all right. You know, I have a little bit more, like, a little more compassion, affection, you know, um, connection. Mm. You know, those are the things that I think come up. But, but But what the courageous part is, is you have to go through that first stage, which is that, like, 
oh, this feels, this feels, oh God, is that me? That's me. Oh boy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Mirror up a little. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, that's, that's great that you bring that up, but you know, I always notice in myself, it's like, well, I'm already feeling ugh. Like I'm already feeling righteous or I'm already feeling frustrated. So, so it feels like a kindness is like, well, let me check it out. I mean, it's already here, mm-hmm. you know, and sometimes when, especially with a practice, one of the tools, you know, maybe you guys can, if you want to share your experience with it, one of the tools I really adhere to and find is so helpful is self-inquiry. So, you know, when I, I first introduce it to people, it's like find a moment where there's still some, some rub where it's not totally, you know, forgiven in your life. And, and people are like, well, I don't want to think about the bad stuff. And, you know, this kindness practice, like you said, it's not always all like about feeling happy, but it's about understanding and coming in with compassion that guess what? We are human beings and we do feel frustration and we do feel rejection and we do. So let's make friends with it because I feel like so much of our culture and our society is only now just continuing to, to wake up to that. We can make friends with that. Mm-hmm. Not like, Hey, you know, I want you here all the time, but it's like, you're already here. You know, it's like, we don't want our kids to fall down and skin their knees, but like they do. So when they do bring them over, have them sit down, you know, hold them and be with them. Yeah. I would say that that kind of self-awareness has impacted our interactions like quite a bit. Like there's less, you know, there's, there's still like anger and frustration, but it's less rage because it's like you find a little room to be like, like looking at your own behavior and then also having compassion for where they're at. Mm -hmm. And I think like, you said like taking a minute to just kind of feel the feel and really noticing where it's at um, works for arguments and mental head spaces. But like you and I have also done a lot of work on my back pain and that also helps tremendously with that. Like where does it hurt and what does it feel like? And what's my body trying to tell me? Mm. And as soon as you do that, it almost like dissipates. Um, it's, it's kind of like your body's just saying, Hey, pay attention to me. I mean, I think my body does that. It's like sending me a message. And if I take a minute to just, instead of being like, Oh, I need Advil. I need to do Pilates. I need to be working out more. I should be stretching and foam rolling instead of doing that. And like hating my body for not showing up how I want it to, I can take a second to be like, like love the pain in a way because it's giving me an opportunity to notice something Mm. or um appreciate that i'm getting a warning before shit really hits the fan you know yeah yeah i yeah if you would just like could you talk a little bit more about that because that allowance i even feel like it shows up especially like with my interactions with ann you know with my wife that like it's really strange that part of maybe my argument before having a self-kindness practice was defending Pete out of fear. And now I notice like we might still have the argument, but it's like their safety 
in me being like a grumpy Pete, like that it's okay. It's not a problem. And like, this is just grumpy Pete talking, like it's not a big issue. And so the thing that used to carry for days afterwards of like, oh, well, how do we make Pete not grumpy and all that stuff? It's like, now it just, it has its time. Mm-hmm. Like, it's okay for me to be a grumpy person because I'm a human being. And guess what? I'm going to show up grumpy sometimes. Yeah. And so, so maybe the same thing of what you're talking about is like, you know, sometimes your back is going to hurt. Like, and if we don't turn it into the thing, like this problem that you need to solve, like, what is it? Like, yeah. well, it's, it's telling you to slow down. Uh-huh. It's telling you to to rest. It's telling you to to focus and bring some kindness to yeah to you. for sure. Uh, like hating my body for not being the body that I wanted to be isn't going to help. <laughs> or like just you know wishing it away. So I might as well just kind of lean in and get to know me better, you know. Um, mm. And I think that that same principle applies for our relationship because when he gets angry I tend to think oh I it's my fault I have to fix it and then um I get angry and self-righteous like why are you making me fix this and why do you have to be so angry and um I think with the self-kindness practice I'm have a lot more ability to be like okay like I can see why you're angry um go ahead and be angry and when you're kind of done I'll be here (laughs) yeah it's like the same principle that I can apply to my arthritis. Yeah, yeah. And I don't want to, I mean, you guys are amazing, but you're not like some anomaly where I just want people to know, like, even with a self-kindness practice, there's still, you know, we're, we're always have room to, to continue to grow. Oh, yeah. Um, was I, I acting it. like we don't, I mean, if I was presenting it that, that we don't, we have, I, I feel like I was maybe presenting it that way. No, no, we but, have, yeah. I mean, I think that's what I'm trying to say is that we still have arguments um, and we still don't handle it perfectly all the time, but there's a, a softness around it that, mm. I mean, I've, I think it's the first time we've really seen a shift. Well, I mean, that is, a, that's, a, that's a self-kindness right there is just to be like, it's okay not to handle everything great every time <laughs> totally it's, it's okay it's okay to um you know look at an interaction you had a few hours later or a day later and be like oh man i wish i would have done that a little differently i wish i would have said something a little differently i wish i would have those are like the self-kindness is the understanding that everyone does that everyone does that and until you can start like being okay with yourself in that way, then you're always going to have this like struggle about that. It's like, I mean, that is like the, that journey, that, that work is that journey. That's it. I mean, it's not like we get to the end of, I don't think you get to an end of a self-kindness practice and say, I nail it every time. now. (laughs) Every time it's, I I'm batting 1000 in life. Like there's just, there's just, I think you got it. I think of the self-kindness is saying strikeouts happen and it's okay when they do. Yeah. So speaking of strikeouts, the, one of the questions I, I pitched to you 
Oh, this is a really bad baseball analogy. Okay, let's drop all that. Yes, yes. <laughs> What's the most, I, I asked, like, what was the most striking or what has been the most striking and maybe helpful thing about this self-kindness practice that is maybe like the most unexpected? And maybe you, you've already touched upon it, but but I'm just curious, is there something that has been striking and unexpected that has come of your time because you're both now several months into you know taking this on as a as a daily practice or weekly practice I mean for me it's definitely been just like getting out of my head a little bit more and having um, more compassion and less judgment for me and everyone around me mm-hmm. I mean that feels like a big shift for me it the, the most striking thing is this thing that you you and I have talked about mo- very recently about a lot, giving yourself space, the space that can come. I, I think you and I talked about it months ago when I stumbled upon this quote. And so when you gave me this question, I, I wanted to look up the quote and it was this quote on um, that Viktor Frankl. And he said mm. that there's between the stimulus and the response, there is a space in that space is our power to choose our response. And in our response lies our growth and our freedom. And I think that that was like, that's the thing that I've noticed that has come up. That's what's more common now with doing the self-kindness work than that wasn't there before. Before there was thought and response, no space at all, automatic, whatever it is. And afterwards, more response, based off my response, whether it's like, oh, wow, I should have done that differently. Wow, you said that stupidly or, whoa, you know, but now the self-kindness is like, okay, thought or stimulus or whatever it may be. And like more and more often there's this moment of like, okay, how do I want to Mm. respond? Mm -hmm. Do I even want to respond? Mm -hmm. Do I want to give myself some space before I respond, whatever it might be, it's like this moment that allows you to, it's like, it's like conscious, you have this like consciousness that gets to slip in there and be like, okay, what don't you want to automatically come out or be said or be done or whatever it is. And now give yourself a moment. What do you, what do you want? And that's for me, that's like the, been the most striking thing about this is that mm. What was once automatic is of an instant instantaneous responses is not as automatic anymore. And what was once not coming at all, which was giving myself some space is actually starting to become more automatic. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. not all the time, but <laughs> I was going to say I can make space like in a lot of moments, but not like in a heated moment when like kids are triggering me or something. Yeah. I feel like that's the hardest. When I'm feeling yeah. overwhelmed. You know, it's bedtime. Nobody's listening to me. Nobody's teeth are brushed. Yeah. They're like running around shooting Nerf guns at each other at 10 PM. And I'm like, I'm about to lose my shit right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, or maybe I already did, but I feel like I go to that, um, and we say it to each other now and joke around instead of being like, where the fuck were you at 9 p.m.? We'll like look at each other and laugh and be like, who am I without the thought? Oh, yeah. Who am right. I without the thought? My kids are assholes. Like, who am I without the thought? You know, 
because they aren't like when I do that and take a second, I'm like, they just want to play with us more, yeah. you know? And I remember talking about that with you. That's going to make me cry right now. But that thought makes me so sad when the, but the real thought that I'm having is like, these kids are driving me fucking crazy. Why are they being yeah. such like pain in the asses? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then I go, who am I without the thought that they're pain in the asses? And then I'm just the lady that they're trying to play with more. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, okay. Take a second, pull it together. I mean, I'm not saying that's easy to do, but when I do it, it totally changes everything. Yeah, yeah. And even, and I love that example, Hillary, because even right now, that's what I mean about like, why do you want to go back to a moment in time where you were like totally losing your shit? It's like, because right now when you do, you get to experience that connection with your kids that you may have missed. And that's for me, self-kindness. Like, I don't want to miss a moment with my kids, but guess what? Sometimes I do. Like, I'm a human being, and sometimes I'm like, turn the damn TV off, like, no more screens into your room. <laughs> Take and, a phone in and go away! Exactly. So <laughs> that happens, right? But then I could go back and be just recognize what was my part in that? Where did I not connect with my kids? And I get to connect with my kids, even if it's only in my own mind. And I get to experience that in my body right now. And that's a kindness to me. And it seems so maybe small and trivial, but add that up again and time and time again, these little moments. And, you know, you both have done this enough that usually we notice when we're really in the heat of that moment and we're having that thought and we're having that reaction one of the things that is coming up is we disconnect from the people around us. And so that I think gets back to one of your original things you said, Hillary, that like when we start doing this work, we notice that it's like, it's okay a little bit more to stay connected with the person, even when you're feeling grumpy or frustrated or angry, like that we start to witness that there's maybe a little bit of safety in that idea, like, you know, Brene Brown or all these other beautiful thought leaders out there are saying like, you know, vulnerability and you're witnessing how to do that um, by kind of embracing something that we're calling self-kindness. So. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Because that was always my question. It's like, how do I do that? Like I've read all the damn fucking books. Like, yeah. How do I do it? Yeah. Like, Tell me how. The moment is like, I know I'm supposed to do that. What the hell does that mean? You guys are just, you're super courageous. And I believe you are, this is a weird analogy, but like if as a culture, we're kind of like an amoeba and every once in a while, the amoeba kind of reaches out and there's like this leading edge that's way out there. I see you guys as like, you're on that leading edge way out there around this idea of, of saying yes to self-kindness without even really totally knowing what you were saying yes to. And, you know, it, it speaks volumes about you that you had already done some, some really deep work with therapy. And then, you know, rather than just reading the book, Hillary, you're like, okay, I'm going to be active 
active with this and I'm going to see what Pete's talking about with self-kindness. I wanted to put it to you guys like, you know, how do you explain this to somebody who maybe is where you were um, a couple of years ago, a couple of months ago? What what would you say to to somebody, you know, just supportive, even advice that that you might say to somebody who's like in your old mindset? And if you could kind of go back and just be like, hey, you know, this is what I was would you know, could offer you. Mm-hmm. I mean, I made a new friend here in Montana who I wish I could be like, Hey, you, you could benefit from this work. Um, I don't think I know her well enough to tell her that yet, but I see her kind of like beating herself up and trying to make everything perfect. And like, I just think it doesn't have to be that hard. Mm, yeah. Yeah. I think, I think that, I mean, it's, it's easier when we, when you recognize somebody who you feel akin to, but you feel akin to them in a space that you were prior to this. Yeah. You're like, oh, that was oh me. I know, I think I know where you're at right now because I've been, I've had times where I've been living in that space too. And like... I just you want to like go give her a hug yeah. and be like, yeah. hey, I can fix it. Um, but I know it's not that easy, but I wish I could because I think I do kind of have a way now a little bit, you know, it's yeah. definitely easier. Like I see that in her and I'm like, um, not to like say I'm better or I've evolved more or anything. I just like I see that behavior of hers in me and it makes me sad. Yeah, yeah. Well. I love that you say that because when you find something that speaks to you and, you know, lights you up, I, I always find that curious because I do the same thing and damn it, I'm like putting myself out there in the world as like a self-kindness person and like, <laughs> I, I know something about it, but I still pull back by being like, well, I don't want to come across as better than you, but yeah. it's, it, it is a really interesting thing that we do, Hillary, that way. And so again, with the skinned knee, um, you know, analogy, we wouldn't say to the kid, like, hey, I know more than you do about what to do with a skinned knee. It's like, we just act. Yeah. We just act and we do what we know to do. Yeah. And like reduce the pain and let them feel loved, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So you know, actually, I'd love to just quickly touch on that again. But like, why do you think we make it so hard when sitting on in our better moments, we notice like it doesn't have to be that hard? <laughs> That's a great question for God. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I yeah. think without that pain, though, there's like, you know, you don't get the growth. So you kind of have to have those moments so that you can get some growth right i i think that there also is an internal type thing where like you've got this inner like i'll call it ego because i like to call that's how i like to think of it as the ego and just it's just like it's constantly trying to you know tell you stuff define things for you everything and 
I think for many, I think for me, for sure, it likes to feel like, oh, you need struggle. You need to have struggle so that you can feel awesome if you get on the other side of it. Or you can feel self-righteous with somebody because of your struggle or whatever it may be. It'll Mm -hmm. give you all this reasons to have hardship when in fact, like, you don't, you don't need to have that. You don't need to let that, that like incessantly talking ego in your mind, make it so, you know, hard and just, you know, a slog, you know, it doesn't need to be that way. It can be like, wow. Okay. uh, Those thoughts, those thoughts are going on. And those thoughts are like, they're trying to tell me that this is going to be just all so hard or anxiety provoking or whatever, but it's like, not really. I mean, it's like, you know, when you, you, we start talking about that, Pete, you, you and I, and you'll say, okay, so where do you feel that in your body? You know? And like, is it, oh, you got some neck tightness. Oh, you feel like your throat is closing up a little, whatever it might be. Okay. How are you doing with that? You know? And it's like, it's not the end of the world, man. It's okay. You get a little neck tightness. You get a little throat. You get a you get a little dry mouth. You get a little something. I mean, it's 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 okay. All those things are okay. I think, and so, I think that the, yeah, that's how I think that that difficulty is. It's like it's some part in your mind that wants to wants to make things difficult for whatever mental play it gets to have mm-hmm. around that. Yeah. I feel like. It, two things like I used to be like such a strict atheist, but now I feel like the universe or God or whatever you want to call it shows up with um, opportunities for you to grow and whatever it is that your soul needs to learn, it's going to come around and give you plenty of chances to learn <laughs> that thing. And um, so if you can just like approach whatever that is with some curiosity then there's like a opportunity to grow mm-hmm. and maybe like sometimes I like to I tell the kids like that voice in your head that like is saying mean things is like a bad spirit that's latched onto you because you left the door open to it not that it's your fault we all do that and like that guy is you don't have to listen to him you know mm-hmm. um He's trying to drag you down and it's an opportunity for you to like look at him and be like, hey, thank you for the opportunity to notice that I'm doing this thing, you know? Yeah, yeah. That alone, Hillary, I think is so counterculture <laughs> to be like actually thanking that negative voice in the head. Like, mm-hmm. who does that? <laughs> and in my experience, it's like, who does that is the person who is really interested in, for me, it's like meeting all of, of, of Pete. And the yeah. more that I do that, the more it allows, you know, all of Pete to play in the world. And again, it goes back to why is that a good thing? Well, it seems to, to have a positive effect on the world. So, mm-hmm. so I'm going to go with that. I mean, you can even have a self-kindness practice for that evil spirit that's latching onto you. And we, like totally. the kids and I do an exercise where we'll say like, I mean, we don't do it all the time, but we've done it. Where we'll say like, um, it's okay. Like you don't have to be scared of not hitting the baseball at the game, evil spirit. Like, don't worry about that. And I'm going to bring you up to the light now. And then we like 
bring them up to the light. <laughs> and I'm going to cry again. Yeah. Oh, I always cry. Sorry. I've been crying for like the whole week because Millie turned 11 and she's graduating from elementary school and it's totally overwhelming. Anyway, <laughs> but you can be like self-kindness to the bad spirit and like bring them up to the light and like let go of that negativity. And um, that is super powerful. Ollie was having this fear that he was going to die. This like kept like he was like kind of having anxiety about death or something. And I was like overwhelming him. He kept coming to me and going, it's back again, the fear of dying. And part of me was like, come on, seriously. Like I got shit to do. We can't worry about this dying thing. You're not going to die. You're eight. You're fine. <laughs> and then I was like, okay, let me be the like warm hug. And um, so we did this practice where I was like, okay, let's like take all these spirits up to the light. And he had like 150 spirits he had to take up to the light. But, um, and we had to do it twice. Like the next, Mm -hmm. like a few days later, they came back and then he like let it all go. And I don't know if he was really taking bad spirits up to the light or if he was just like looking at his own fears and acknowledging it and letting it go. But um, that's like a, that's a self-kindness practice right there. Oh my goodness. Yeah. I love that, Hillary. And I love the tears. Um, I think it's like so good. Uh, what a, a neat visual, too, of kind of bringing light to the dark. And it feels like such an allowance in just all of that language, you know, whether it's we're allowing them to to be released to light or allowing them to be welcome to sit down at the table. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Like, like what is that evil spirit scared about and let him say his piece, you know? Mm-hmm. And, you know, I just want to reflect back that a gift that we give as a parent when we've done our own work. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, you know, and I, I think the same with, me too. But, um, and back to your kind of earlier question and talk about, you know, when talking to other folks about this, the problem, I think part of the problem is, is that still large masses of society have stigma, stigma around, around going to see a psychologist, about going to therapy, about going to, you know, do self-kindness work, whatever it may be. There's, there's, there's some kind of been, there's some kind of stigma been built about it. It was, there was stigma in my family as a kid, you know, around that. Mm -hmm. It's like, um, well, things aren't that bad. We don't have to go see a therapist or something like that. It's like, well, what do you, how do you define bad? Like, does think, does, does we, does like dynamite have to be going off? Like, you know, emotional dynamite constantly for it to be considered bad rock bottom type stuff. And, and that was kind of one of the things like eight years ago that Hillary starts seeing a therapist and she was like, it's so amazing. I, f- I feel like it's a spa for my mind. And I'm like, okay. And then, so I started seeing it and I thought, yeah, well, this is true. And then, you know, same with do, starting this self-kindness work with you too, you know? Um, I don't feel like I had a stigma around it because I feel like we've done enough work in advance of this to be able to be there. But I think that that's, that's part of, 
you, you know, that's part of the journey that other folks need to get to before, mm-hmm. before they're receptive to like being able to hear from someone like us who mm-hmm. says, Hey, this is awesome stuff. This is just awesome stuff we're doing. Mm-hmm. You ha- they have to get to this point where they're willing to drop this, a stigma, maybe some old thing that came maybe from their childhood or something that this is only for people who are kind of messed up or really hurt, you know, really in a bad way. And it's not at all. It's actually, I feel like the opposite. It's like, once you get to yourself to this space where you're willing to invite this, these, these things in this practice in you're all, you're already, you already got to a cool space. You're already at this spot where you're saying, I want to invite these types of growth practices into my life. Wow. Like that's awesome that you got there. Mm. Now let's start doing some cool stuff, you know? And I guess if, if anyone who's listening to this right now is saying like, this is interesting, but it's not for me because I'm not in a bad spot. Like it's not about being in a bad spot. It's about being in a great spot and willing to take care of yourself to, to, Mm -hmm. to keep it going Mm -hmm. and grow more. Like that's what up level or not. Yeah. Like, How up level, how up level do you want to be? Yeah. Or do you want to stay where you're at? And so you don't uh, need to have like depression and anxiety or bipolar or any kind of label to benefit from absolutely self-kindness. Work. I mean, that'll help. I'm better, I'm sure it would help yeah. too. But it's like, yeah, you don't need to have like some like the DSM manual out and like be diagnosed with a, a, a CPT code to be able to like do this. No, it's like, hey, you know, you're if you're a living, breathing person, you've got <laughs> you've got all you need to do what you need to be doing here. Yeah, you know? I feel like yeah. it's like we just did that um, clarity exercise. Like what scares me about clarity? Um, and one of them is like. I'm afraid that I might find out I'm a bitch who has no friends and my children think I'm like a bad mom. Like, I don't know if I want clarity because I don't want to find that out, Mm. but like being brave enough to just be like, okay, well, if I find that out, which you won't, but if, if, if I find that out, like, great, let's up level from there, you know? Yeah. Um, but I, I will say that I always had an excuse. Like when I started therapy, I had an excuse about like, something that happened to my sister that I needed to talk about. And when I started the self-kindness work, I was like, I really need to do this to help Millie because she's so hard on herself. And (laughs) I mean, I knew I needed it for me too, but that was like one of the things I talked to you about. I remember in the beginning and, um, you know, you just... I, I'm not, I'm actually not here for me. Um, I'm here for a friend and I just kind of want to get some of the principles down and I'll, I'll yeah. take them back to I'm going to help uh, this, this person that I know. <laughs> but dude, you know, this is what I love. Uh, I've heard it said, especially about self-inquiry. It's like, that's where it becomes checkmate. Cause it's like, oh, I want to do this for Millie. It's like, okay, well, let's take a look at your thoughts around Millie. And then all of a sudden you realize like, yeah. There it is. yeah, I mean, we had that meeting together. Yeah, yeah. But but I love that. I love all of what you're saying. And I think that's a great, great place to, you know, send people off with because really that's that is kind of has become part of the way that I talk about self-kindness is like, yeah, we have this operating system and, you know, we're all holding these phones and these computers and we're always willing to, you know, upgrade them. Like we've invested money into these 
machines. We want them to work at their top level. Like we want to keep upgrading them. We want to, you know, it's like, then why the fuck don't you do that with your own brain? Mm-hmm. Like the thing that you use and creates your reality every single moment of your life. Like yeah. you're running with an operating system that was really hip and working back when like, you know, wham was on the top of the billboards. Like that was decades ago, the yeah. operating system we created. So why wouldn't you be willing to do that now? Why wouldn't you willing to upgrade it for yourself, for your kids, for your community? And mm-hmm. like you both are saying, like, I think that is where we're going to begin as a culture and as a world, like as a community. Like, yeah. can you just imagine if we all as a human community start to really understand and dwell coming from that space of inner compassion? Holy crap. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, that's what I believe is is possible. That's what gets me up in the morning. That's what makes me feel like there still is hope, even when I'm watching the news. Like, mm-hmm. And it starts with me. And you guys are exemplary models mm-hmm. of, of what's possible. It like, it makes my heart burst wide open to, to know that, that Matt and Hillary are out there. They're doing it. They're courageous. And I just want to say thank you. Love you both so much and so much gratitude for all that you that you bring into the world it's it's inspiring thank you pete and thank all the love and gratitude to you for yeah bringing us into this yeah and like for being vulnerable and courageous enough to put this out into the world it's a lot to us hmm. wow hillary and matt you mean a lot to me And I think your story of how you shared it today uh, can inspire, inspire us all, right? What do you think, my friend, listening? Something in there that resonated with you? Self kindness, like Matt pointed to, like you don't need to be falling apart to incorporate it into your life and to see the benefits in your life. And, but also like what Hillary said, you know? It helps us to do the things we knew we wanted to do in our lives, like the things in the books, like, we're like, how? And I think they're demonstrating this is how. I'd love to have this conversation with every human being in the world. I know that's not possible. So that's why I'm really curious in having a conversation with you. If something is stirring in you, has been sparked in you about self-kindness, whether it's from today's conversation or any of the past episodes, or maybe you have been kind of poking around and doing some work in your world around it, reach out, would you? Uh, You can find me at selfkindnesswithpete on Instagram or head on over to petesibley.com. Check out the show notes. There's links in there as well. And, you know, If you're friends with Hillary and Matt, like, ask them about it. Any little step you do is a step in the right direction. I love you, my friend. So grateful that you are taking a moment to listen. And I look forward to seeing you next week. Hello, my friend. Are you ready 
to transform your life from the inside out. No more talking about it. No more setting it on the back burner. No more like, hey, I'm going to read one more book and figure this out. It's like now. Today, self-kindness, it begins with you saying yes. You making the decision that you being kind, you learning the true authentic way to love yourself is going to rapidly change your life, is going to be of greatest service out there in the world. I would love to have a conversation with you. No obligations, just talking about you and your self-kindness practice, what that could mean in your life. So go to the show notes, click the links to set up a consultation, DM me, let's talk, let's do this. You are so worthy of your self-kindness.